0: Hi, uh, welcome to the Liminal Worlds Podcast. This is Larry Christopher. Tonight's episode is called, Are You Locked In on an Oldie Station? Nostalgia as Mind Control. Everyone experiences nostalgia. It's an emotion that tends to increase with age as we look back on younger days. An interesting thing about nostalgia is that it can manifest even when your past wasn't particularly happy, for example, I often find myself wistfully remembering places, people, and years that were largely miserable at the time. Yet, through the lens of nostalgia, everything takes on a pleasantly melancholy hue. Yeah, that's an interesting thing about nostalgia. Like, that's probably why people like sad songs, and they like to look back on uh, even like sad, broken-hearted experiences, just because it. It evokes emotions, so even if they weren't always happy, it's still nostalgic, and at some level you still may want to recreate those emotions. So nostalgia hits us through the senses more than the mind. While we can mentally relive events, people, and places, it's sounds, sights, and smells that really bring the past back in a powerful way. That's why music is such a strong link to the past, both among individuals and, and just as a society. To a lesser extent, the same is true for TV shows, movies, books, and other media, like such as computer games, comic books, and advertisements. By the way, I'm, I'm reading an essay, and I'm kind of riffing on it, so I'm mixing up reading and speaking spontaneously in case it sounds funny that I'm reading. Uh, I like to keep my ideas in order here so I, it's easier if I read it. All right, stuck on an oldie station... It's music that generally has the biggest influence on keeping us linked to the past. It's easy to get locked into an oldies radio station. In this case, I mean literally like listening to either a radio station or a streaming platform. It could be a local FM station or something like Amazon, Pandora or Spotify. It's very easy now to just play the same genres of music over and over again every day. Have you considered the implications of listening to the same tunes over and over again, year after year? I mean, there are some, like, local radio stations that literally play the same few dozen songs every day. I mean, they're not, they are not—they can be great songs, but it's still, it's a, it kind of locks you into a certain state of mind. Nostalgia and reinforcing old paradigms. Every time you hear an old song, watch an old movie, or a rerun of an old TV program, you're tapping into your state of awareness at that point in the past, like when you first seesaw or heard it. We like to do this because it gives us a kind of emotional jolt, almost like traveling back in time. However, we're also tapping into the world of that time, like what was going on around us, in, not only in our own lives, but in the the wider world, and this is where I'm going to get into how this can be related to politics and propaganda, have you noticed how the government, now I'm talking primarily about the United States, but it also applies to other nations, how governments go through cycles when it comes to like villains and uh, especially with other nations, like Russia was the bad guy from the 50s all the way through the Cold War of the 80s. And China and various Middle Eastern nations also took their turns. Now, for example, Iran, as well as Russia, is near the top of the list of bad guys. And Russia is especially a good example because it figures so prominently in modern American history and has for so many decades. So if you, meaning like, uh, say the leaders or the media, want to reignite old feelings, especially in older people, who have been around for at least a few decades, what better way than to subject them to the cultural stimuli and propaganda they experienced when they were younger? So like, I'm referring now to how kind of anti-Russia sentiments are popular again. And for people who grew up with that kind of thing, it's kind of just tapping into or triggering something that is already there that maybe people haven't thought of for a while but it's easy to reignite now I'm not saying that every news broadcast or producer who remakes an 80s movie or DJ on an oldies radio station is part of some grand conspiracy to keep people stuck in old modes of thinking I mean maybe they are sometimes but usually it's just they're just following uh, trends I am suggesting though that they are serving this very purpose whether intentionally or not I started off saying that nostalgia can be evoked for unpleasant as well as pleasant memories, it, as it's simply human nature to want to relive the past. I mean, and there may be exceptions, such as extremely painful experiences. So, like, I mean, if you grew up in a war zone or you were in prison or a concentration camp, I mean, you may not be nostalgic about that, but for less ex- extreme experiences, it can be tempting to look back I mean, getting back to the Cold War, for most Americans, I mean, whether you grew up anywhere from the 50s to the 80s, this was really a vague anxiety rather than, like, actual pain or extreme terror. I mean, like, personally, the most extreme thing I can remember is, is like, uh, what do they call them, uh, bomb drills or where we went into a shelter area in school, but it was no real fear. It was just like a break from class. So for anyone, say, in their 40s or... Into their 70s, it's easy to be nostalgic for like decades such as the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and that includes Cold War rhetoric. I mean, personally, like, I don't think that the government really hates or fears Russia or other villains. I think it's more a kind of mind control that it sort of serves their purpose to have enemies to keep people in a state of, of fear. Or if they don't like somebody, like a politician, they can link them to the enemy. So it's it's more of a device, I think, than than anything real. All right, now let's get back to nostalgia in a more general sense. Consider a person or family who listens mostly to old music, say hits from the 60s, 70s, or 80s, watches old movies over and over again, as well as modern remakes of old movies, which are endlessly done now and also maybe goes to live theater which is almost exclusively old productions that have been recycled for the last 40 years or so have you checked out Broadway like in New York or anywhere even like small town theaters or anywhere where there's theatrical productions like probably 90 percent of it is based on old plays old books old TV programs I mean, like most Broadway plays have been running since the 70s in one form or another. And theaters in small cities follow the same model, rehashing old favorites. Now, again, a lot of this is economic rather than any kind of nefarious conspiracy, because I mean, like if, if someone is look seeking funding for a play or a movie, they have a better chance if they're, they're bringing up a product that's already sold in the past, but either way it's it's still keeping people in a kind of familiar mindset and people also absorb media from companies and platforms and like news agencies that reinforce old attitudes about economics politics and culture whether from uh, say a liberal or conservative point of view I mean if you think about it like politics right now I mean as as I'm recording this for an very uh, kind of controversial presidential election, but most of the political ideologies are really, they haven't really changed much. I mean, most of the candidates are pretty old and they're basically rehashing old arguments about like socialism versus capitalism and like racial divides and economic policies. I mean, it's, it's very much the same ideas being recycled over and over again. And getting back again, whether it's a conspiracy or just business as usual, I mean, we can speculate whether there's a conscious conspiracy to keep people living in the past. I mean, there certainly are motives for this, especially in, in realms such as politics. But I mean, in most cases, it probably is uh, just cautious business practices. I mean, even like advertising agencies, they even though they, they come out with innovative new uh, campaigns, they're still trying... To, often to like reignite nostalgic feelings. That's why they sell the same products like Coke and McDonald's. I mean, a lot of people grew up with these things, even if they're not good for you, you can still have a nostalgic uh, attachment to them. I mean, what, like junk foods, candy bars that you grew up with, fast foods. So this is another case where something may not be good for you, but it's, it's comforting because it's familiar. So it doesn't really matter what the motive is. What matters is the effect, which makes it more difficult to evolve because you're, when you're stuck in the cultural quicksand of nostalgia. And then we'll talk a little bit about escape from nostalgia. Alright, nostalgia is not all bad and probably ine- inevitable to some extent. So the idea is not to make a clean break from the past and dogmatically embrace only what's new and avant-garde like radicals in the 19th and 20th centuries attempted this and it can lead to a self-conscious and artificial and sometimes dogmatic uh, point of view and then you're ignoring the fact that everything has its roots in something earlier so it's really impossible to make a total break from the past so I mean it's not you don't have to go to extremes it's just a question of really being aware I mean if something old and traditional serves you stick with it However, the nostalgia program can keep us repeating old patterns mindlessly, keeping us in a comfort zone that curbs growth and evolution. So here are a few ways to do this, even though they may seem fairly obvious, but they can still be helpful. Like read books in different genres and from different points of view. So like if you normally read popular novels, try nonfiction, read history, economics, uh, poetry, just. Experiment in different points of view and genres. Travel can uh, expand your horizons, although today that's less viable because places are getting more homogenized. I mean, I've been traveling a lot the last few years, and I you see the same chains everywhere you go. But I mean, there's still there still are cultural differences. And there's also like more extreme ways to uh, break with the past. Like, there's been a resurgence in interest in psychedelics recently. I mean, that's definitely a way to uh, break old paradigms. I mean, that's a complicated subject, and I don't want to get too much into it right now, but things like uh, mushrooms, ayahuasca, LSD, I mean, I would say you use those things consciously, if at all, but they can be a way to break with the past especially if you use them in a, in a conscious way. Then there's also getting back to music. If your musical tastes were formed in your teens like many of us experienced, you can uh, expand your horizons in this area. There's still lots of great eclectic music coming out every day. Sure, revisit your favorites every so often, but don't get locked in on an oldie station, literally in this sense, or metaphorically, as this can turn into a metaphor for your whole life. All right, that's about all I have for today, and it's just really food for thought. It's not, the idea again isn't to be uh, like dogmatic about removing nostalgia from your life. It's more a question of of being aware so it doesn't become a type of mind control because there are many like forces out there that will use that to limit you. Okay, well, thanks for listening and uh, tune in again uh, to the next Liminal Worlds podcast, which I'll hopefully uh, upload pretty soon. Good night.